Thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. On this day after Thanksgiving, it is Friday, the 25th of November, 2022. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and you are listening to a special edition of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. So we're going to talk a little bit about leftovers today and maybe what's left over from yesterday. Um, But we're going to start, as we always do, with today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day. It comes from Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So the Apostle Paul is talking here about um, the reality that every single one of us stand on equal footing at the cross. And what that means is we all stand on equal footing as sinners in need of salvation, in need of a Savior, in need of what God is doing in Christ Jesus um, through the atoning sacrifice of Christ upon the cross. All have sinned. No one, no one is righteous in and of themselves except for Jesus. We all need the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. All of us uh, fall short of the glory of God. That's been true since literally the beginning of time. Since the fall of of humanity, um, every single person falls short of the glory of God. Every single person stands in need of a reconciled relationship with the Father, and God makes that possible through the Son. And you and I know about it and respond to it by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of this is grace, all of it, this free gift of of God um, in Jesus Christ. So I'd encourage you to respond to that today if you've never done so. Respond um, to God's offer to you as a sinner um, that you would be in a restored relationship with him, that your sins would be forgiven, that you'd be free from the penalty of sin, which comes in death, but the power of sin in this life as well. Let me just invite you to respond to the gospel in, as expressed in today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day. If you'd like to receive the Growing Your Faith verse of the day in your inbox, you can sign up for that at MyFaithRadio.com. While you're there, let me encourage you to sign up today to join us for our Advent Reading Through the Bible Together study. Today's a great day to do that since Advent starts on Sunday. So um, please, please, please um, join us today. Sign up for our Advent Reading the Bible Together series. Hundreds of other people Dare I say, at this point, over a thousand folks are going to join us, and I'd love for you to be one of them. It's free, and you sign up at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, today and leftovers from yesterday. Are you full? Are you still full from yesterday's Thanksgiving feast? Um, You got leftovers to eat today? You have leftovers to eat for the rest of the weekend, maybe? What are you going to do with those leftovers? So I have two leftover strategies to share with you, some of my favorites. Um, First, I call this the dressing waffle. And here's what you do. You get your waffle iron out and you heat it up. 
Um, you need to put a little bit of, uh, you know, nonstick cooking spray on there of some kind because you're going to take a healthy scoop of your dressing from yesterday and you're going to put it in there and you're going to press it down and you're going to turn it into this crispy, delicious dressing waffle. Meanwhile, you're going to be heating up some leftover mashed potatoes and gravy from yesterday, a little turkey if you want to, or if you're more the cranberry uh, relish or salad type person, you could um, you could use that as well because you're going to take your waffle hot out of that waffle iron and you're either going to top it with, you know, a little turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and have that for your day after Thanksgiving leftover brunch item. Or I also like the approach where you take the dressing waffle and you put the cranberry sauce on it with, yes, some whipped cream. There you go. So go either direction you want. This is the tastiest plan for a leftover brunch um, meal menu that I I can think of. It's definitely what I'm having today. And then um, for the longer term, you need to make some turkey soup. So here's my turkey soup strategy. First of all, you take that whole turkey carcass and you put it in some, you, you, you have to submerge it in some water um, and you just really, really, really slowly cook all of the of the good pieces off of that over time. So um, in another pot, because, you know, everything good starts with an onion. This is at least what I believe um, when you're making a savory dish. So you're going to saute down a, a chopped up onion. And then I throw in like everything that's also left over from yesterday's uh, crudite platter, that veggie plate that, you know, people didn't finish. I chop up the celery and the carrots from that and I throw them in as well. Add a little water, let that simmer down. Then I add the leftover gravy. I throw in the leftover green bean casserole. I add the leftover turkey, strain out what came off the off the bone out of that other soup pot, and I thicken it all up with the leftover mashed potatoes. And you're saying to yourself, that can't possibly taste anything but delicious. And you would be right. You would be right. What else is left over from your Thanksgiving? You got leftover conversations you need to have. You got leftover cleanup to do. Maybe there's some leftover uh, blessings to count. Maybe there are some leftover people to call. Anybody, any, anything left over from yesterday? Let's, uh, let's take care of those leftovers on this day after Thanksgiving. You're listening to a special edition of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and we'll be right back. We need to be soft, need to be light. We need to be Jesus to the world. All right, picking up where we left off in conversation with one another on the topic of Thanksgiving leftovers and what needs to be counted up or recounted today or maybe recalibrated today. Um, Maybe today's the day that you're going to put up your Christmas tree or your Christmas decorations. Maybe today's the day you're going to do some shopping for Christmas. What's on your Thanksgiving? That's not Thanksgiving Day. Post-Thanksgiving, Black Friday. We're going to get to that topic in a moment. What's on your agenda today? What are you up to? Um, I got uh, a lot of cleaning up to do. This is a declutter day at the LaBerge house. So looking forward to doing a little decluttering today before we, you know, clutter it up again, frankly, for um, for Christmas. It occurred to me that in the in the counting of blessings, one of the passages of Scripture that maybe we want to spend a little time dwelling on today um, is this one. From the fullness of his grace... We have all received one blessing after another. 
Do you recognize that it is from God from whom all blessings flow? Like, right. And what does that mean? What does it mean that we would be in receipt of blessings from the fullness of God's grace? That's John 1, 16, by the way. Um, what, what does it mean to receive one blessing after another from the fullness of God's grace? I mean, God has an unlimited supply of blessings. When God's fullness is not depleted when he blesses us. I don't know how that works, but that's the way that it works. God is full of grace, and from the fullness of his grace, we receive blessing after blessing, one after another, and his fullness, the fullness of his grace is not depleted. I have no idea how that works, but that's how it works. And so uh, it's not as if because God has blessed you, well, that's it. You've, you've, you've used up your blessings. No, no, no. They're going to keep flowing um, from the goodness and the fullness of the measure of God's grace. That is amazing. I just, uh, I'm just stunned and amazed by that and wanted to celebrate that today as well. All right, let's take a minute and talk about uh, Black Friday. That's uh, kind of the way that the world talks about today. And again, if you're just joining us, maybe you're popping in and out of the car um, on this Black Friday. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to a special edition of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. You say to yourself, hey, I might want to hear this chick um, on some other days, not just on Black Friday when I'm out tooling around. Um, but I don't, I'm not often in the car at this time. Well, guess what? You can listen to this as a podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, you could subscribe to Mornings with Carmen. And the advantage of doing that is that obviously you can listen to it on your own schedule. Um, but it also comes with the show notes, which on a regular day means that all of the people that we talk with and the subject matter that we talk about, um, you'll have links for in the, uh, in the description of the podcast for the day. So that's kind of cool. Love it if you'd subscribe to Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what makes Black Friday black and what makes Good Friday good? What makes Black Friday black and what makes Good Friday good? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Uh, today, what makes Black Friday black and what makes Good Friday good? Well, on Black Friday, retail stores hope to move from the red into the black in terms of their sales. Um, that's that's why Black Friday is called Black Friday, in case you've ever wondered about that. Um, but what makes Good Friday good? For Christians, that's probably a much more important question. What makes Black Friday br- black is a retail conversation here in the United States of America. But what makes Good Friday good? That is a spiritual conversation, and it's global um, and eternal in nature. And what makes Good Friday good is that um, the blood of Jesus moves us from the blackness of eternal death to the everlasting promise of life and light and hope. I mean, that's what makes Good Friday good, that God took what others meant for evil, sin itself, and he transformed it into salvation. Um, that's amazing. That's totally amazing. So let me just encourage you today on this Black Friday to maybe consider the reality of Good Friday and your response to what God does for us um, on the cross in the person of Jesus Christ and through his atoning sacrifice. 
And then, you know, I want Thanksgiving to not just be a day. I want Thanksgiving to be um, something that we focus on in terms of like a season. And so more than a day. What if we made Thanksgiving more than a day? What if we sort of lived into the reality of thankfulness? How might you build spiritual muscles of thankfulness um, in this season of Thanksgiving? Well, one way might be to read the book of Philippians and make note of every reference in the book of Philippians to joy and joyfulness. And why why do that? Because we tend to be thankful for the things that bring us joy or that make us joyful, that cause us joy. And so when Paul, in the circumstance of being in prison, which is where the book of Philippians is written from, the context of prison, um, when Paul is facing all kinds of terrible life circumstances, he's still feel, filled with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is his strength, and he operates out of this joyful, thankful spirit, um, even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. And so I'm wondering, if you're facing some challenging circumstances today, maybe it would be a real gift to yourself to spend time receiving and reading Paul's letter to the people of Philippi. In the book of Philippians, um, Paul shares this secret. Now, he refers to it as the secret of being content. Do you know the secret of being content in all circumstances? Like, it's, it's what it means to operate out of the reality that Christ is Lord um, and that we are God's children, redeemed in Christ Jesus, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter, no matter the circumstances of life in which we find ourselves. It's possible that yesterday on Thanksgiving Day, you did not experience um, all of the joy that you might have hoped for or anticipated. It's possible that the day turned sour at more than one point. I mean, if so, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but don't wallow in that. Like, recognize that you live in an eternally redeemed relationship with the Father. He calls you blessed. He calls you child. He calls you by name. He's storing up for you um, an inheritance in heaven that you cannot even begin to imagine. And he desires that you have a life that is full here and now. And what does that life look like? What are we full of? Well, I want us to be full of the grace and truth of God, that we might be prepared in, in every circumstance to respond to the challenges of this life with a thankful heart, with a joyful spirit, and with a thankful heart. After you read the book of Philippians, let me encourage you to um, read the book of Colossians and look and look throughout the book of Colossians for every reference to thankfulness. Did you know that there's a reference to thankfulness in every chapter of the book of Colossians? Colossians 1.3 talks about um, praying with thankfulness. Colossians 1.12, again, um, Paul is thanking God today for the imperishable inheritance reserved for those who follow him in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 2.7, Paul talks about overflowing with thanksgiving for the reality of being a person possessed of Christ. In uh, Colossians 3.15, he talks about the peace of Christ that rules in his heart and the word of Christ dwelling within him richly. Those are cause for thanksgiving. That's what produces thankfulness in the life of the believer. So, um, 
Colossians 3.17, I guess, to round out this list here. Um, Paul talks about doing everything, everything, even the most mundane and repetitive things, even, I don't know, cleaning those dishes one more time. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can you see that if you made this your moment-by-moment practice, your life would be transformed? You would develop a more thankful spirit, a more thankful and joyful heart, that people would experience and perceive you differently, that you would bring atmospheric change to every space and place um, where you are, because you would be a different person. You would be a thankful witness. Colossians 4, 2, um, Paul talks about devoting himself to prayer and being watchful and thankful to see what God would do. Let me encourage you today, on this day after Thanksgiving, to develop a heart of thankful gratitude to God for who he is, for all that he has done, for all that he is doing, for his presence, for his peace, for the amazing great gift of his grace, the knowledge of him. Let us be thankful today to the Lord our God. All right, and now I have a story to share with you that was shared with me by a listener, um, my friend Jim in Connecticut. And he sent this along, and I thought, you know what? This is an excellent reminder of God's um, restorative power and his redeeming grace and the way that he redeems all things, even when it seems like it's not possible um, to ever love again, smile again, laugh again, be a family again. God does something extraordinary and redemptive. And so I wanted to share this good news testimony of redemption with you today. So this is the story of two families who are now by God's grace, one family, but both of these um, both of these families experienced very real loss and trauma and grief, um, and that's necessary in this storyline for God to do this miraculous redeeming work of redeeming marriage and redeeming family. So we're going to start with the story of Steve. Steve, um, forty two years old, um, and Aaron, now forty years old. The two these two people have been married for four years. But their backstories are what lead us to um, the conversation about this blended family um, of, of eight people, six kids and these, these two precious parents. So let's go back to when Steve was in high school and he met his wife, Wendy. They met at high school in Wisconsin. Um, and um, they uh, eventually, you know, after, you know, you know how this goes, right? Uh, everybody does their own thing for a while. And then God's like, hey, tap, tap, tap. Um, remember Wendy? Yeah. So Wendy and Steve got married. Um, they had a beautiful, um, beautiful family. And then um, in March of 2017, um, Wendy woke up. Um, they've been married for 13 years at this point. Three, uh, three boys, uh, Liam, Jack, and Silas. Um, Hold on, let me see. Four, four boys, sorry. Liam, Jack, Silas, and Judah. Sorry about that. Um, and then in March of 2016, Wendy uh, started experiencing these heart palpitations. And she didn't panic. She was a nurse. She'd had them before. Um, they went to the doctor, fitted her with a heart monitor, you know, went back home. But um, the next day, uh, Steve woke up and Wendy didn't. There are efforts to um, save her life and resuscitate her, but um, but ultimately that didn't happen. She was 36 years old, the mother of four, and um, 
you know, as her husband tells the story, you know, everything went dark. My world was turned upside down. I was, um, you know, I didn't I didn't know my wife was sick. I didn't know that she had this um, condition. He's had the boys tested. They don't um, they don't share Wendy's congenital um, challenge. Um, But you can imagine the life of this young dad um, and the despair he experienced. Well, a couple of months later, he received a message through Facebook from a woman named Erin. Now, if you are from Wisconsin, then um, you may already know Erin's tragic backstory. She lost her husband and their eldest daughter in a shooting incident on a bridge in 2015. Erin, um, uh, a believer, married to her high school sweetheart. They attended Bible college together and had, um, you know, this beautiful family of their own. Um, and Erin um, uh, in John in 2015 went out for a day hike with their kids um, on this 1,600-foot trestle trail bridge. And at the halfway point, there's a red pavilion with some benches, and there was a man there slumped over on a bench and another man standing next to him. What um, Aaron and her family did not know um, is that the man standing had just shot the man who was slumped over the bench, and that man then turned and began shooting. Shot John, shot Olivia, um, shot Aaron multiple times. Aaron um, grabbed Selah, who was the youngest, uh, is the youngest of their children, and she started to run, and then she collapsed, and she simply yelled to her son to run, to run, and to get help. The shooter um, had taken the lives of Adam, the man slumped over the bench, John and Olivia, before taking his own life as well. And you say to yourself, how does somebody get up from that? How how does Aaron stand up after that and continue raising her kids in the love of the Lord, in the family of faith, and then become the kind of ambassador that reaches out to someone and says, hey, I don't know exactly what you're experiencing, but me and my kids have been at some level where you are now following the loss of Steve's wife, Wendy. It was just a simple comforting message about encouraging um, that family to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Well, you know how God works, right? And God saw fit to draw together these two lives, Steve and Aaron, and eventually to make of them one family. And one day they determined to actually go back to the bridge and make peace over their loss. If you're wondering today if it's possible to find peace and to know peace and to be reconciled, yeah, the answer is in Christ, all things are possible, even this. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel. What does it mean for God to be with us and what does it mean for us to anticipate his coming? You're listening to a special edition of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. I'm your host, Carmen LaBerge, and we're going to listen again to a conversation I had with Ruth Jo Simons about her Advent devotional, getting us ready for the receipt of the King, Emmanuel. Jesus to the Well, the holiday season is fast approaching, and so we thought it would be fun to check in with our friend, Ruth Cho Simons. Um, She's got a brand new devotional book coming out. It's called Emmanuel, and it's an invitation really um, into Advent in a very, very different way, much more expansive than just the 25 days that we tend to think about in anticipation of Christmas. Ruth, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. So let's um, let's do this. Let's start with um, maybe what was Christmas like in your home growing up, and what are some of the favorite things that you um, and your family? I mean, you know, six boys. Are there some favorite Christmas yeah. things that go on at your house? Well, let me start by saying um, I was born in Taiwan and came to the United States when I was almost four. My parents were immigrants, and we actually did not know how to celebrate Christmas for a long time. So my childhood, my upbringing... Um, previous to becoming a believer, I really just thought it was about stuff and it was about all the decor and the lights. And so um, I didn't have a whole lot of traditions as I was growing up. But then once I became a mama, I thought, oh my goodness, I really want to form some of these beautiful um, rhythms and traditions in our home. But why did it feel like every single year I was trying something wonderful, but it would just fall apart in the midst of the craziness of having six young boys and wanting everything to be perfect and beautiful. And somehow Christmas regularly left me feeling a little bit um, disappointed or empty, even when I tried a lot of wonderful things. I mean, we, we definitely have had our favorite recipes. We definitely have had our parties and, and, um, home um, open house parties and we love little traditions like the boys drawing each other's names and being secret Santa to each other so we do have fun little things like that but overall um, I think the Christmas season has oftentimes left me feeling really worn out and and that's the most truthful answer I can give you is that you mm-hmm. know it hasn't always been easy because my oldest is 20 and my youngest is nine and so honestly the last decade and a half of my life I've just been trying to keep everybody alive during mm-hmm. the holiday season right because there's so many young ones and all their expectations my expectations the whole nine yards well, I want to I want to talk about the word expectations because actually on day one of Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always, um, which is the extended title. Um, but on day one, you talk about uh, moving from expectations to expectant. Talk about the mm. difference in those two words. Yeah. I think when you have expectations, um, you're at the center of it. You feel like everybody's here to please you know, everyone's here to please me. I need everybody to like think through what will make me happiest and how I need everything to go perfectly for me. And I don't think those are things that we say out loud, but we feel we walk around with a sense of, I just want to feel love and peace and joy. And this is the only way to get it. 
But I think if we start the season off expectant, that's really what Advent means is like anticipation and expectancy. And, and to really realign our hearts with what is it that we're actually going to feel expectant of? Well, then we realize that what we're anticipating expectant of is actually something only God can provide. Other people can't do that for us. You know, we can't all the expectations for it to go beautifully or to have people, um, just the right presence, have the right celebrations, to not feel rushed, all those things. Um, those are things that we might put uh, as expectations on somebody else. But when we're expectant, then we suddenly shift our mindset and shift our hearts to realizing that everything that we long for has already been provided and given through our Savior. And we can actually turn our hearts to yearning for something that um, He will and has already provided. Mm. One of the things I appreciate about um, about this Advent offering, Emmanuel, um, is your invitation for us to consider Christmas carols and Christmas songs each and every day in addition to a Christmas prayer. And um, so you've just brought to mind, come thou long expected Jesus, born mm-hmm. to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I appreciate about what you're doing here is you're inviting us into a daily rhythm, um, of really of personal reflection and worship, getting me in the right posture, sort of outside of the hustle and bustle of the, of the Christmas season and rightly where I need to be before the manger throne. Yes. And that's my prayer, really, Carmen, because I think, we we kind of come into an Advent season sometimes thinking, okay, now we've turned the page to this this time of year, and now suddenly we're supposed to have this joyful heart. We're supposed to feel celebratory. Family relationships should suddenly feel really warm and wonderful. And we forget that the real work is that we actually have to prepare him room in our hearts. And that the real work is that we actually have to think about what is my heart posture as I enter in the season? Because somehow, sometimes we make such a... Um, celebration of the holiday itself rather than actually celebrating and remembering all that Christ has done as Emmanuel God with us. And that doesn't end. That does not end on December 25th, right? Um, that goes on and on that promise. Yeah. I appreciate this, um, this emphasis on Christmas being only the beginning. One of the things that, you know, you, you emphasize and talk about here, is that without the cross, the baby in the manger is just sort of this novel, fascinating thing, but certainly not life-changing. Um, and so I really genuinely appreciate how you're inviting us into a life change um, as we kneel before the the manger throne and, and take into account the connection of the incarnation to the resurrection. So the book is Emmanuel, An Invitation to Prepare Him Room at Christmas and Always, uh, it is a devotional, but um, I think it's a little bit more than that. This is a um, this is going to lead you into a life changing experience, a very fresh look at Advent. Um, if you are interested in entering the drawing for the copies that we have to give away today, we'd love for you to do that. You just text the word "book" to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. We're going to continue our conversation with Ruth Joe Simons in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Emmanuel, 
Continuing our conversation, if you're just tuning in with us, we are uh, talking with Ruth Jo Simons about her brand new book, Emmanuel, An Invitation to Prepare Him Room at Christmas and Always. And yes, we're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter that drawing. Um, Ruth, at the, um, at the beginning, you, uh, of this book, you, you write, many of us lack the eager anticipation that we once knew in our youth when it comes to Christmas time. Um, talk with us about, you know, how it's changed for you personally mm-hmm. in terms of the anticipation, the joyful anticipation you now experience again, afresh, anew, um, with this sort of renewed sense of what's happening at Christmas and how that changes everything. Yeah. You know, I think you can't really identify why you're disappointed unless you really do some self-analysis and really assess what you're putting your hope in. And all the years that I struggled with having that joyful attitude or feeling excited about the season, I could trace that always back to a sense of perfectionism or expectations or feeling like, oh, it's so much work and I won't be appreciated or whatever it is that will bring me down. And, you know, if you know my work at all, you know that I love this word striving because that's really been a long history in my life, striving, anxiously trying to make things go together so that um, you can get something that you think you need that you maybe don't trust God for. And I think I spent a lot of time treating the holiday season, even with a striving attitude. And so the difference here, and, you know, I'm a work in progress, but certainly this book represents season after season of realizing that I'm only going to have the joy of God's presence in my life or in my kid's life or in my home if we shift our mindset to not make such, put such hope in this one holiday, this one celebration, these 25 days that we got to get it right somehow, that peace and joy and his presence with us, that's actually available to us. It doesn't end when the Advent season is over. And I think it helps us not have such a scarcity mentality where we're so fearful that we're not going to get it right these 25 days um, where this Advent season of um, technically starts before December 1, but but we, that we won't be so fearful that we will somehow mess it up and we'll miss out, but that we can say, wow, this is a good time for me to reorient my heart to something that is true all year round. And what a joy it is for me to yes, make the cookies that I love to make or to have the parties that I want to have or to celebrate with decor and gifts under the tree if that's how I want to celebrate it. But that's ultimately not what it's about. And I don't need to just say Jesus is the reason for the season. I can actually choose to look at what's going on in my heart. What am I actually longing for and shift it back to realizing that Jesus is actually what I'm longing for and he's already here. So you take us to day 11. I mean, when you say, you know, if Jesus is the reason for the season, um, you know, that's a that's a day 11 quote from the book, Emmanuel. I also think, uh, you know, we see it on little signs outside people's houses. You're right. really challenging us to um, to expand on that. Like if Jesus is the reason for the season, then um, then there's something going on here, at, you know, about this Lord who becomes Savior who's not going to stay in a manger, but came to die upon a cross. There is an intimate connection throughout, um, you know, throughout this book on the, 
on the cross and then the resurrection. And so, um, I want, I want folks to know that because there's, this is a very comprehensive approach to the conversation about the first advent of Jesus. Um, and then this anticipation that we live in now for his second advent, his second coming. Um, we're talking with Ruth Joe Simons. We're talking about Emmanuel. Uh, it is a devotional book. It's an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. We're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter, um, enter that drawing. Um, Ruth, I'm wondering if you've got some practical ways, some practical advice for us, um, you know, that we could make this season, particularly the month of December. I mean, for me, you know, it's going to like start the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, right. you know, less about sort of hustle and bustle and more about Jesus. You got some practical ideas for us? Well, first of all, I think it, it goes without saying that we just need fewer distractions in our lives, right? Mm. And so it's really hard to say, well, you just need more of such and such if you don't have less of such and such. I mean, the truth <laughs> is to prepare room in our hearts for Christ and thinking on Emmanuel actually means that we have to have fewer thoughts about other things that are constantly going on in our minds. And so the most practical tip I would start with is maybe make this a season where you say, I really will turn my phone off at a certain time every day and the mm. emails can wait, the notifications can wait. I think that's a good practice all year round. But I think especially in this season, we can't expect to be less stressed out and have fewer distractions if we're constantly bombarded with how everyone else is celebrating, all the sales that are going on, how everybody else is changing up their decor this year. You know, I think it's really helpful for us to say, I'm really going to limit some of my, the, some of the input so that I can make room in my heart and my home for what matters most. So that's one practical thing is maybe decide for yourself um, what that window is that you really want to be online. Secondly, I just think that um, we underestimate a good conversation. And in our home, more than being rigid about, well, we got to do you know this, even though I did write a 25-day devotional journey, there's no formula to this. It doesn't mean that you have to do it at a certain time of day. If you don't get through it in 25 days, let it carry you into January if you want to. You know, there's no, the, the, the story of Christ coming to be our savior will never get old. It doesn't have to end on December 25th. So I think it helps us to remember that um, make room for gathering. Maybe it means that you just linger a little bit longer at your dinner table. And rather than everybody rushing off to get things done, say, hey, all month long, we're going to just, um, everybody's responsible if you have a family, if you have kids, maybe just saying, somebody come up with a dessert menu and we're going to rotate through the desserts and you get to prepare one and we're going to sit around the table and enjoy that dessert and have some conversation after dinner. I think we underestimate how much progress we make when we just make time, even if it's 15 minutes to have a conversation about what we're struggling with, maybe to read this book together, but also just to say, where are we at? Let's have a check-in about what the season makes us feel, where we're struggling and what um, we long for going into the new year. So I have a friend who um, started this practice now that her kids are teenagers. She started this mm -hmm. practice of pulling out um, the high chair from the attic and setting it at the table during the season of Advent. And then, for real? Um, I love it. And then... And then pulling out their, um, their baby books. And, you know, she, she spent time, the, the first child, I mean, she like admits like that baby book is like completely full. And then as, 
as other babies came along. Like there's less and less and less and less and less. But um, but sure. they do at least like talk about each one's like birth announcement. And then she, you know, she draws that parallel to these announcements of the coming of um, of the Christ child. And she talks about, you know, her own experience of. Um, of feeling them in her womb. Um, and, and they have those kinds of conversations. And I do think that's a way to help connect the story, um, you know, in our families and, you know, at the right age and stage of our kids, I think things like that are pretty cool to do. So, um, Ruth, um, maybe, uh, tell us, uh, because you've got boys who are now like nine to 20. What uh-huh. are boys? What's on the, um, I want for Christmas list this year for boys? Oh my goodness. They're always big things now, right? They're, and things, they're things yeah, that I crazy. can't, right? It's everything from um, mountain biking gear to, <laughs> I think we had to do a combined gift of a dirt bike a couple of years ago because it's such a big gift that we had to say, well, this is a gift for, for both people, you know, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and so they're, good. Because they're, they're huge things now and they're not into little things. They're, they're wanting to expand and grow. It might be that somebody wants a, um, a DSLR camera this year, you know, because they're trying to work on their photography skills. You know, those are the kinds of things that we're now saving up for. But you know, what is really special is well, they're also, they also really value gifts of experience and opportunities mm-hmm. to adventure. So sometimes it's a gift of, um, pottery classes, like doing um, clay work. And we actually purchased a gift card one time for one of our sons to go take eight weeks of um, pottery courses. Um, But also sometimes it's about vacationing and saying, we're going to go take an adventure together. This is part of our Christmas gift is to have an adventure um, that's out of the norm. And so I think as we train, I think our appetites can be trained in terms of gifting and what is special. If the appetite is trained that it's always an iPhone, We'll never think outside of that, right? But if we mm-hmm. say, hey, what is so valuable and what's so special is that this is a gift that's going to keep on gifting. I mean, keep on giving because it's a, maybe a musical instrument or it's a photography that will bless everybody. Or it might be a drone because it's going to help you take your um, skills to the next level and you're going to use it for work. Or if it's an adventure and say, wow, this is a gift where as we go together as a family We'll remember this for a lifetime, and so those are the kinds of things I've got my eyes, my eye on for this Christmas. I I love that. I love that. That is so great, Ruth. What a delight to talk with you again. Um, we always anticipate our next conversation with you, mm. so this has been a delight. Ruth Jo Simons, um, you can find her online. You know her; she's a best-selling author and a talented artist. Um, you can uh, you can find her. I'm going to send people to Graceland. Is that where I'm? Is that your Grace Lace? Yeah. Is that the preferred Grace- place to send people? Please, gracelace.com is where you can find my work. And I'm happy to connect through daily interactions at Ruth Jo Simons on Instagram. So thank I you so that. much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We are giving away books today. So if you want to enter the drawing for a copy of Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Well, on this uh, special Black Friday edition of Mornings with Carmen, thank you so much for sharing your day or this portion of your day with me. You can always listen uh, or re-listen to portions of the show at MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. I'm going to encourage you to be downloading the app. 
um, so that you always have access to the excellent programming every hour of every day here at Faith Radio. Also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Why would why you say why? Bill, because that way you can listen anytime, anywhere. It also makes it possible for you to share the show with others, and you'll get the show notes in the description of the podcast each and every day. So if you've uh, ever wondered to yourself, oh, I'd like to have um, access to that article that Carmen talked about or that person Carmen discussed, well, that's all in the show notes every single day, both at MyFaithRadio.com and wherever you download your podcast. Okay, and finally, today's the day. Today's the day. Please come to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up to join us in our Reading the Bible Together Advent series. Starts this weekend. So please, please, please sign up at MyFaithRadio.com to join us in reading the Bible together during this Advent season. We love the Lord. We want to rejoice in the Lord always. We want to anticipate His coming. We want to celebrate it with you. And so won't you join us? On this uh, Good Friday, let me just say, I am so thankful, over overflowing with thanksgiving for you and the joy we share here in the Lord together. So spend some time reading the book of Philippians, reading the book of Colossians, making your list of all of the references to joy and joyfulness and thankfulness and thanksgiving. And, you know, make something good out of those leftovers and maybe share a meal with somebody else. Invite somebody over for a bowl of soup and have a conversation about what else is left over from yesterday. You got any leftover blessings to count? I sure do. And I count you among them. Thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. I look forward to seeing you right back here on Monday morning in the season of Advent. Sign up to join us in reading the Bible together during Advent at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great day and God bless.